A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to the World in Sport from RNZ Pacific. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Fiji denied World Sevens glory. Samoa and Tonga lament a lack of execution in the Pacific Nations Cup. And Oceania Tennis hails the Nations Cup event in Fiji. But first, athletes from the Levuka Weightlifting Club have maintained their boycott after refusing to attend national trials in Suva at the weekend. The Lavuka lifters, who include Commonwealth Games gold medalist Eileen Thigamatana and bronze medalist Apollonia Vaivai, are refusing to compete in this month's Oceania Championships in New Caledonia unless newly appointed national head coach Hossein Tavakoli is removed from his position. The Lavuka club president, Penny Tawai, says his lifters did not attend Fiji weightlifting's trials on Saturday and also declined to meet with officials in Suva. I wanted them to come to Lavuka because... It's involved a meeting about the issues about all those who signed the boycott, including the young lifters whose parents signing on behalf of the young lifters. I want the parents of these lifters to be in the meeting too. So Fiji Weightlifting said that anyone who wanted to be selected for Fiji and to compete at the Oceanias in New Caledonia at the end of this month, that they would have to take part in the national trials on Saturday just gone. So did, did any Levuka lifters take part in those trials? Yeah, Levuka lifters did not attend the trials because no one from Weightlifting Fiji or the selected independent professional committee replied to my email. Instead, they advertise on the media. They say they are going to be the trials without replying to my email. Indeed. And so they Weightlifting Fiji, when I spoke to them, they said that um, people would have to attend the trials and they would also have to sign a form uh, which says, right, yeah. says they were ending the boycott. So did any of your lifters sign that form or not? 100% none of my lifters went. OK, so that means that no Levoka lifters will compete in New Caledonia. So if we, we put that issue to one side, which means the boycott of the Oceania champs is guaranteed, but obviously, ultimately, you still want to come to a resolution with Fiji weightlifting and Levoka lifters. So your offer, your request for Fiji weightlifting and Fasenox commissioner to come to Levoka, that still stands? You would still welcome them to the gym? That's right. I want them to come to see for themselves. I want them to see and taste and walk on our shoes, the shoes that we're wearing now, instead of uh, on the other side of the island and doing a lot of bucking from the other side. And um, all, all, all of your lifters, are they, uh, you know, are some, of them, are some of them training in Suva as well as the ones that you've got in Levuka, though? We already have our trials here in Levuka last Saturday, and it was attended by more than 100 spectators. And more than 40 lifters lift on Saturday. It started at uh, 8 way in, 10 o'clock, and it was held at our gym that was destroyed by Winston. We have our own trials in Levuka, the local uh, Levuka championship. When I spoke to the president, Atma Maharaj, he said that um, he, he acknowledged that the uh, promised rebuild of the gym had not yet happened. He said that 
Um, there was some funding they were waiting on from the IOC that uh, once they get that, it will be complete. Are you aware of that? Uh, do you believe that? It has been two years now since the gym been falling. There's a lot of method you can use as a weightlifting president and not only rely on one like uh, IOC. There's a lot of way you can do in order to build that gym. You know, you can uh, apply for grant. You can apply to the government. There's a lot of way. But I believe that there is not uh, a good reason at the moment. So as it, as it stands, you've sent an email. Have you, have you tried a phone call? Has anybody ever called you? Right now, I only was called by the media. And none from Weightlifting Fiji and none from Fasanok. Would you call Weightlifting Fiji or Fasanok yourself or you don't want to? I emailed them before this chaos take place. I emailed Mr. Maraj, the president of Weightlifting Fiji. The very first time before this happened. And, and I warned him all the upcoming chaos if nothing was done. But instead, he ignored my email. He ignored my email. Because after I spoke to you, I emailed Mr. Maharaj myself and he responded to my email. So he obviously gets his emails. That's right, yeah. Just to clarify again, who was the, um, the independent commissioner for Fasnok? Independent commissioner was headed by Dr. Robin Mitchell. Yeah, he's the one that... Uh, want to come and mediate but uh, at the moment because one of the Fesenok uh, executives Mrs. Lorraine Ma called one of my athletes on Friday and uh, the way she talked to my athletes is like Fesenok is now standing on a biased position so I think Fesenok is with, with weightlifting Fiji. Levoka weightlifting president Penny Tawai South Africa have won the Men's World 7 Series after Fiji fell short at the final hurdle. The Blitzbox beat England 24-14 in the Cup Final to finish two points clear of Fiji in the overall standings. Fiji could have clinched the crown with a top-four finish but were pipped 19-17 by England in the quarterfinals. Captain Jerry Tuwai says unfortunately they didn't get what they came for. We have lots of new boys this season. We played together as a team along the way and we find our them a bit, but unlike for us, it's uh, in Paris against England. England uh, got the better of us, and congratulations uh, to the South African team. They deserve it. They've been uh, chasing us. We've been chasing each other along the year, and yeah, uh, congratulations to them. Meanwhile, Samoa finished in a share of last place in Paris after a winless weekend in the French capital. Despite a disappointing end to the season, Samoa still finished in 10th place in the overall standings, up from 13th the previous year. The Fijiana women's team finished 6th in Paris to end the season in 9th overall, a big drop from their top four finish last season. Manu Samoa and Tonga are ruining a lack of execution in their respective Pacific Nations Cup rugby defeats against Fiji and Georgia at the weekend. The Manu rallied from a 14-point half-time deficit to lose 24-22 in Suva, while the Ikaletahi were pipped 16-15 in the earlier match. Samoa assistant coach Zane Hilton says with World Cup qualifying matches coming up fast, the time for excuses is over. The thing that we probably appreciate and we acknowledge is that we understand that we really let ourselves down with execution. Um, the reality is whilst we're acknowledging we've, we've improved a lot, and we're disappointed without the result. You know, we, we certainly understand that the country, likewise the team itself, we want to start to get that winning culture back. So the reality is we were very extremely disappointed around our own execution and the fact that we let ourselves down in some key areas. 
you know, whilst we only came together for four days, there's no excuses within this group. Um, you know, if we want to do, you know, qualify for the World Cup in the next month, go through to be successful World Cup, we can't really let short preparations and anything really get in our way. We've got to look at ourselves and certainly we look at the performance on the weekend and think that's one we probably lock get away, let get away. Yeah, and I suppose you also had 30 minutes in that game where you had a one-man advantage. Yeah, absolutely. And look, it's always around, you know, sometimes it's an interesting one, that one, because whilst you've got an advantage, sometimes the opposition actually get up emotionally. So sometimes that can actually galvanise a team. You know, for us, it's about the awareness on what it is we need to do when we do have a numerical advantage. Um, and again, you know, credit to Fiji, they're outstanding with 14 men for that period of time. And we just couldn't capitalise, unfortunately, for our own mistakes. Obviously, 12 months ago, it was a, a very different story in terms of scoreline in RPA. Is there any consolation from the fact that you've closed that gap on your Pacific rivals? Yeah, certainly. That's probably where we, you know, we probably take a little bit of... Um, very happy around the fact that we're... You know, we're taking a lot of positives out of the fact that the boys got themselves back into that game. There's no questioning the spirit and the desire and the passion to play for the country within this group. I think the... The reality is, though, the game we're in and the you know the world we're in at the moment, we have to start to get results. So for us now, there's nothing other than performing to get results and winning and starting to win test matches. So which is a good thing, I think. And there's a real hunger within the group, driven by a head coach for Mona, to make sure we get that. And I suppose Samoa's in a unique situation compared to the other PNC teams. That obviously you have this ultimate uh, focus, which is those uh, home and away matches against an opponent that you still don't know who it is. Yeah, definitely. I guess the only thing we can take out of that is that it's, you're still playing a test match week in, week out. So whilst you know we've got one eye on um, those qualifying games, certainly that's our focus. Now, in terms of outcomes, we ultimately need to qualify for the World Cup. That's a given. However, we're not taking these two test matches lightly. We wanted to win games for G, and likewise this weekend against Tonga, we want to win that test match also. Tonga did beat Manu Samoa last year in Nukualofa, which denied you that automatic spot to the World Cup. So uh, maybe a bit of a cliched word, but is there a bit of revenge or, you know, pride of the nation to, to get one back on the rivals? That'll be a great story, obviously. <laughs> the, um, the reality for us is we've got a huge amount of respect for Tonga. Um, you know, we know their coaching staff extremely well with Toto and, and, uh, and those guys. And for us, they're always a huge challenge. They are obviously playing some good rugby themselves. They're unlucky against Georgia on the weekend. For us, they're going to pose a very different challenge than Fiji. Um, however, we're just concentrating on getting our process right. However, making sure that we don't beat ourselves and making sure that the execution that we bring to that game allows us to win a test match. Zane, uh, in terms of the 80 minutes, what would you say was one of the most pleasing things that you saw from, from Samoa's performance? And I guess you talked about execution, I suppose that's the obvious frustration. But what, what was something really pleasing that you saw? Yeah, look, to close out a game, and he'd like to actually be starting to close out a game at Samoa. Traditionally, in the June block, there's been periods where, you know, we've got guys that have come back and played a lot of rugby over the last 35 weeks. You know, some of the guys have played between 29 and 35 matches for all of our guys, bar two, to travel down to the Northern Hemisphere in a short in a short week, in a four-week training period leading into a test match against Fiji, and to come over the back of them and finish strong at the back end of the game probably speaks more to the desire of the group than I think the conditioning and probably shows really where the group's at, you know, under the head coach, the, new, the culture that's been driven in this group at the moment and started in the Northern Hemisphere Tour um, last November. There's a real want to succeed and want to do well and play well for the country. You know, the reality is 
you know, no one steps away from the fact that there's a clear understanding that we're representing the nation. And we know the nation's hurting currently with results and that they want to perform. To see, to see the desire in the last 20, 30 minutes was really pleasing for the coaching group. You've been able to bring back quite a bit of experience into the squad, so there's a, a lot of very seasoned veterans in the team that obviously have been there and, and know what it's like at this level. Yeah, we're really happy with the mix, to be honest. We're really, you know, you're right. Um, there were some challenges around selections. Um, the great thing with World Rugby is that in this block, with Rugby World Cup qualifying, um, under the regulations, you have full access to all your players. So clubs have to release them. What I think, um, you know, as a coaching group, we've done really well is being able to put a group of experienced players who've been there before with a group of sort of mid-range players who've got quite a few test matches. However, we've got some young, really young and exciting players in the group as well. So it's just a really good mix, as you mentioned. Manu Samoa assistant coach Zane Hilton. Meanwhile, Tonga coach Toto Ikefu believes his side let victory slip from their grasp against Georgia. You know, you've got to give them some credit. Um, they did well in slowing the game down and, and manipulated the, the scrum well to get to squeeze some penalties out of us. Um, you know, that's, that's we knew that they were they were going to play that way. So, you know, we probably failed to manage that with with the referee in the way that we wanted to play. Mm. Um, obviously, uh, David Halafanua scoring there pretty late on. I think what roughly a minute to go. What, what were you sort of thinking at that point? Oh, I thought we were a chance, especially when we still had that one possession to to play off off the kick off. Um, but you know, we, we 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 created a lot of opportunities. We just didn't take um, we didn't take them all or execute them all. Um, you know, we we have a goal of executing. You know, 50% of all the all the opportunities, um, and we I don't think we got nowhere near that. Um, so um, that's that's probably our biggest work on. Um, but there's a lot a lot of positives. Like we cre- like I said, we created a lot of stuff. Um, but on the flip side, we turned the ball over a lot as well. Obviously, everyone's in the same position. First game of the competition, but um, is some of those issues the sort of things that with the game under their belt, you think will be a lot easier next week? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, it's a game we should have won, and 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 we're all uh, we're all in the same boat. Uh, but look, I, I think we can learn, definitely learn from from what happened yesterday, and, and just aim to get better, um, better in the little things and the little detail. Um, but there's a lot, like I said, there's a lot of positives to take out of it. And obviously you talked about uh, manipulating the scrum there. Uh, Georgia obviously known for their strength up front and, and you guys, as we've discussed, have uh, plenty of options in that, that front row. I suppose that's a, a pretty valuable contest to have. Yeah, I thought we I thought we um, we we did well in the scrums in terms of handling their their pressure. The the one thing that we weren't good at is um, probably them manipulating to try and get penalties. You know, sometimes when when we were we went over the mark and we pushed and they held back. So, you know, we probably we, we probably didn't get our leaders to communicate with the referee as much as we would have liked. Um, because um, you know, they were, they were pretty smart. Um, they were pretty smart around uh, scrum time. And it wasn't just all power but um, a little bit of smart, you know, in terms of um, just just manipulating that front row in terms of pushing and not pushing. And obviously Samoa you face next week, they similar situation in terms of down at half time and a bit of a comeback in that second half. Uh, 
following your match, did you get a chance to watch that one, or no doubt you've got video of it? Oh, look, I, yeah, we've got a video. I haven't seen it yet. Um, we'll probably close off the Georgian game by tonight or tomorrow morning, and then we'll look at the hopefully look at the Fiji and Samoan game by by the same time as well. Look, we're not going to change much of what we're going to do. There's probably little adjustments here and there. We're not going to worry too much about about Samoa, but it's definitely a game that we want to win. Um, you know, we've never, like I've said in the past, we've never won a PNC before, so. Um, if we play to our ability, we're, we're a good chance of beating them. That's Ikaletahi rugby coach Totoi Kefu. Oceania Tennis is hailing the inaugural Nations Cup Pacific as a resounding success. 64 players from 15 Oceania countries and territories competed over six days in Lautoka, with Tahiti and the Northern Marianas taking out the titles in the men's and women's competitions. Oceania Tennis President Cyril Mangi says it's been a project that they've been working on for a number of years. It was great to get the financial support from the International Tennis Federation. So uh, the competition was actually for all the Class C members in the region. So all 15 Class C members uh, were invited. All 15 Class C members were represented. Uh, So the turnout was exceptional. Being from Vanuatu, I must say it was actually bigger than the minigames because we had 14 men's team and 11 uh, women's team represented. So um, overall, um, yeah, it was a great success, a great level of competition as well with uh, all the players, still Davis Cup players and some of the younger uh, junior Davis Cup players uh, having some good wins. So uh, I think overall was a real success. And, and yeah, I think it's, it's also, uh, well, we have to thank Tennis Fiji because they have actually, you know, uh, got a bit more than the finance with sponsors and, and, and the organisation of the overall event. Did, did each of the nations have to pay their way over or was there some sort of subsidy? No, it was actually fully subsidised. The OTS through the ITS uh, paid, for the, paid for the tickets, paid for the accommodation and, and the meal. So, uh, so I guess uh, that made it uh, even more a success. I, I, I know that especially when Davis and Fed Cup tournaments come up, one of the things that's often mentioned is that players don't have a lot of opportunity to play together or to see each other or just to have a lot of regular, you know, top-level competition. And whilst this might not be the ITF circuit, um, it's still a valuable opportunity to come together and play against each other. And is, uh, are these sorts of events filling a void? Is, is, you know, that, is there still a bit of a gap there in terms of consistent competition for some of these players? Well, definitely. The, well, the first, the first thing uh, what made us go to ITS is, you know, what you've just said is all those Class C members don't have uh, Davis Cup teams or Fed Cup teams. So in Oceania, we have a combined team, but only four players, four men's players and four women's players actually represent Pacific Oceania. So all the other senior players that are home-based uh, are actually left out. So the project was yeah, we need to in- include more competition at a senior level, and having it this year, uh, a year which is you know between mini games and games, uh, is, is actually perfect. And and on on another, uh, you know, on the other hand, it's also uh, great for the selectors for the Davis Cup and Fed Cup team to see those players, you know, playing at a, at this competition and uh, give them some sort of head-to-head results that that will definitely. Uh, taken into consideration for you know for selections of uh, of next year's team for example and and so what happens now is there 
do you need to get funding approval for a next edition? Do you have to report back to the ITF? Um, is there any indication that they want to expand or continue the event in the future? Well, this is definitely my wish, and uh, I'm, um, I hope and I and the ITF has indicated that this is a pilot project, uh, and that's why we call it Nations Cup Pacific because we, you know, uh, the, the long-term vision is to see probably Nations Cup. Africa, Nations Cup, you know, Europe, uh, America, with all the uh, Class C members, and why why not have then, you know, a Class C uh, Nations Cup final? You know, you know that, to me that's the big, the the you know the the dream eh? to to have that. So definitely, we'll well in August we have the ITF AGM, so I'll definitely go there and lobby for this for this tournament to continue, uh, to 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 continue and and report that. That it was exceptional. It was a great success, and uh, and I'm really hoping that the ITF will continue uh, to support the event financially. That's Oceania Tennis President Cyril Mangi, and that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. Thank you very much for listening. to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.